0: in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com that's a N G I.com going in raw is now a cast box.
1: Original Castbox box is the fastest growing highest rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts, You can still listen to Going In Raw wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best. Hey, friendos, Steve here.
2: And Larson.
1: I'll do it this time. Welcome back to Matt Chat. It's the show where the friendos who are kicking in $20 a month or more on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Larson. Uh, get their videos questioned, their videos, their video questions. Their videos questioned. Their videos. Well, we do question them quite a bit uh, in private, not here on the show. Uh, no, man. They, the the friendos, they uh, send in their video questions for us either to converse over or debate. Yeah. And uh, we're happy to do this. This is like my favorite show, man, because it's like all these different crazy personalities sending us stuff. I, I think it's fantastic. It's a real it's a real It's a real show, Steve. It's a real slice of the Frendo community uh given uh human form uh and its good representatives. Uh, what's
2: our first question today? Uh, our first question is from Thayer Thabata. Oh, I love him. Let's see what Thayer has to say.
1: Who should take the universal title off Brock Lesnar? Braun Strowman or Seth Rollins?
2: Thank you, there, Zabada. The Thank you, there. All right.
1: He's got that. I don't know if it's still going or not. He's running that raffle, the Facebook Friendoverse group. They or have an, an all-in ticket. They yeah. have an all-in ticket, but you have to not have an all-in ticket or at least claim that you know, don't have one. Um, who's taking the universe title off of uh, Brock? I'm
2: going to say Seth Rollins right now. Okay. Why? Um, going with the hot hand. I feel like right now Seth Rollins is, is the most over. Super hot. Uh, star on Raw. Yeah. Um, he's been putting forth incredible match after incredible match after incredible match. There is a built-in story as well, going back several years between Seth and Brock. Of course, it was Seth who cashed in Money in the Bank, WrestleMania 31 main event, uh, won the WWE title, which was then being held by Brock Lesnar. You know, he didn't pin Brock uh, at that show. Nonetheless, Seth has won to win the belt from Brock. Uh, And then Brock finally got his rematch at, oh, I can't remember what show. He was beating the heck out of Seth Rollins. This is when Seth was still champ. Tossed him all over the place. Match was interrupted by The Undertaker. Mm -hmm. Brock never got uh, his, his chance to pin Seth Rollins in the middle of that ring. You can bring all of that up. We haven't seen those two cross paths, I don't think, since that match, which is two years ago, or if not more, um, uh, given the backstory between the two of them, given uh, the 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 insane level Seth is operating on right now, I feel like we, he could pull a really good match out of Brock, like AJ Styles did mm-hmm. back at Survivor Series, um, and say if this happens at SummerSlam and this is Brock's goodbye, um, I think I would I, I'd feel more confident with him in the ring against Seth uh, because Seth can pull a decent match out of him. Um, and I worry that if Brock knows he's out the door, he's going to do what he did at WrestleMania 20, kind of lay a dud because he doesn't care. Yeah, that's he doesn't true. care. So for the quality of the match, Seth Rollins.
1: So I'm yeah, I I, I agree with that. It would definitely be a better match. Um, I'll I'll, I'll I'm going to say Braun, and I'll tell you why. I think Braun and the company would benefit more from him being the guy. Look, whether we like it or not right now, there is that thing about beating Brock Lesnar. They've made it into a thing and it's kind of annoying because it could it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Seth's history with Brock is muddy enough to make that less of a thing with Seth Rollins. We know Seth has already had the WWE championship. We know what he did to get the championship with Braun because he hasn't climbed that mountain yet of world champion I feel like he needs one huge feather in his cap for his career to really skyrocket the uh, the way that it it should the way that the WWE can really profit off it um and I think I think you're right about Brock Lesnar probably saying goodbye. I think he's going to be gone. It wouldn't surprise me if he was gone for a long time, maybe even ever. Maybe not. I mean, they offer him a lot of money and they've got a lot of money now to offer him. But I think his next loss is going to be the biggest the biggest uh the biggest victory for whomever beats him. Yes. It's going to be, you know, you got the Undertaker streak wrapped up in in Brock beating Roman all those times and all those people that Brock has beaten on the way there, including Braun. Yeah. I just feel that because Seth has so many accolades to his name, his resume is so stacked, and Braun, while it's still impressive, still lacks that big thing, I feel like, for the company, for Braun, for the story all told together— I think it makes it, for me, I think it would make more sense for Braun to start really putting some some big accolades on his own resume. Beating Brock Lesnar would be the way to do it.
2: Um, here, here's one other aspect I think uh, that I may prefer about Seth winning. Um, it's a few months back, but he gave this really impassioned promo about how when he won the title the first time around, he did it the wrong way completely. Oh sure, and yeah, and if he were to beat Brock, if they built, everything yeah. would kind of come full circle. If for they, him.
1: And, and here's the thing, I would mark out huge if they made that the story. If mm-hmm. they, if they really did, I'm not sure how much they want to play around with his with his past as a heel. I'm not sure how much they want to bring up because there was a lot of stuff going on. They had the triple threat with him and John Cena and Brock Lesnar. They had a lot of stuff going on back then. That was I'm, before
2: Seth was uh, with Champ.
1: Um yeah, no, I know, but oh, okay. you know, okay. still like his yeah, yeah. history with yeah, Brock yeah. Lesnar is what I'm talking about. Um so there was like a lot of stuff. See, you say that and I, and I was like, okay. I that that's fine. If you were to ask me when he did that triple threat with with Brock and John, was Seth champion yet? I just said, I don't know, maybe. Was he still Mr.? He was still Mr. Money in the Bank, right? Yeah, Brock was champion. Yeah. <laughs> I would have said, yeah, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? That's what I mean when I think his history is a bit muddied because it happened a couple of years ago and there was so much going on in that span of time, including Seth's really long title reign that I think Braun would be just crystal clear. He beats Brock. He has that in his cap. Meanwhile, Seth has already done a lot. Yeah. And I don't think it would benefit him as much as it would benefit Braun. And I think, uh, but I would mark out huge for either it's of them. It's a win-win what. situation. It for really WWE is. If they decided
2: to put the universal championship and to be honest, either
1: of them. I would probably mark out more for Seth because of, the, because of the size matchup. You know, with Braun, it's believable. With Seth, he's the underdog. He's
2: going to have to go... The extra mile and then some to to get the advantage, yeah.
1: And if he beat him clean, mm-hmm. oh, that would be that would be insane. That would Massive. be absolutely crazy. Massive. How many how many stomps would it take? Three. Yeah, three is my number. Yeah, I think so. Uh,
2: Although, how many uh, spears did uh, Brock kick out of it, Mania? It was a few, oh, wasn't it?
1: I don't know. What was it like four or five? Uh, something like that. I don't want to forget that. It match. was cartoon. It was it's so cartoonish. Yeah. It's so dumb. It really is. Anyways, let's move on. I love A.O. Worm. He's yeah. got a question coming up right now. Let's see what it is.
3: Hey guys, what's going on? A.O. Worm here back with another Matt Chat question. So Steve Larson, do you think WWE would benefit more from developing a more strong style type of wrestling? Like more striking more strikes, punches and kicks, knees versus them just doing wrestles all the time. All right, guys, take it easy. Too sweet, hearty handshake. I'm out. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you. Um,
1: I'll go first. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think there has been a trend lately. You see guys like Nakamura, uh, Alistair Black with his striking. You see Shayna Baszler, who's coming from MMA, Ronda Rousey coming from MMA, um, although, granted, she's more of a submission person. Um, yeah, I think you know, Samoa Joe. I think that seems to be where things are headed. I think if they want to play with this sort of blurry line, if you will, as much as they can blur it between legit MMA and WWE, if you want to appeal to those uh, UFC fans, I think that is sort of the direction you want to go into. I am a big fan of, of, of the WWE of wrestling offering up a wealth of styles um, however, I think if you look at the, uh, some of the bigger successes in recent history, um, names that I just mentioned, I think that that's sort of where they're leaning towards. You know, Regal said Triple H's mandate for who you're bringing in is, you know, does this guy look like he can kick somebody's ass? And I think that's kind of hand in hand with the mixed martial arts, uh, you know, striking type stuff. Um, in addition to maybe submission wrestling, I like it all. I think there's a place for all of it, but I think they probably can't go wrong if they're looking at guys to fill in the top spots with uh, and, and and women um, with some some badass strikers. I yeah. think you, can, you can't go wrong with that
2: well it kind of it, it kind of depends on how ex, how far you extend with the definition of strong style. Are we just talking uh, employing more worked strikes or are we talking <clears throat> a more physical style overall? if you're talking more work strikes, like what nakamura is doing now completely i'll be on board with that the problem is if you take a uh, strong style um to the degree with which they do it in new japan mm-hmm. this would pose a problem in wb because of their schedule um, talents are usually wrestling 150 uh, singles matches or if you're a tag team that may tag matches over the course of the year sometimes more than that they're on the, the road 250 300 days a year um, wrestling those type of physical matches uh, even half the time is going to take an incredible toll on their bodies there's a reason the new japan fills up the car with a lot of tag matches is to spare the wear and tear of of that kind of style on their talents on a regular basis um and that'd be my primary concern if they start working a stiff strong style um is that injuries would mount quickly i mean they're you know given how uh, far the wb style has already uh, gone the last few years we've seen a rise in injuries it seems like um you know seth rollins has had two knee injuries in the last what three four years because he wrestles a really high impact style.
1: Yeah, but that's not. He doesn't wrestle strong.
2: Style. I'm not saying he does, but he wrestles a high impact style and doesn't dial it back for house shows.
1: Yeah, but if you look at the, hold on a second. <laughs>
2: well, Wait, there's...
1: last house show we went to, they were they, like they they were it was, they was uh, it was it uh, was Rollins and oh and Ambrose and Ambrose, Ambrose versus, definitely dialed it back versus The Bar, and they
2: were just like you know they weren't even coming within right. six inches right. of striking he's each saying, other. He's, he'll still do like. He'll still do his his, his kind of trademark news. Yeah, yeah, and some of which will take a toll sure. on these. That's yeah, what I'm trying to I, say. I'm
1: not saying they're taking, yeah.
2: Um, and that'd be my 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 lone hesitation about going. I mean, you can start to. I and mean, we've seen it over the course of, of, of probably probably better part of the last decade. I can mean, go back to when Daniel Bryan came around, around WWE in 2009, 2010, he was employing a lot of strikes. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a a, a, a a recent change. There's been an evolution. Um, in terms of making maybe some aspects of the WWE style a bit more believable, a bit more MMA inspired, um, so that my lone hesitation is just how stiff, how far do you go with it? You know, you start doing top rope dragon suplexes, you know, like we saw Kenny Omega and Okada do in their first Wrestle Kingdom match. That oh kind of stuff.
1: yeah, I mean, look when you're when you're going to that. I mean, yeah, there there's there's strong style working stiff, and there's you know there's a striking. See, I I would think, and I have no idea, we should bring Adam Mayhem on the show to ask him this. Um, Or he can just send us a super chat one day and let us know. (laughs) That cracked me up during your show with Luchando. And he said, Adam Mayhem, you know, fill us in on the info. (laughs) $2 super chat, Adam Mayhem for champ. And just a regular chat. Well, here's the detail. (laughs) God, I love him. Anyways, um, is is a striking-based offensive set for a wrestler a safer way to go because you're controlling your strikes you're yeah. you're the one sort of in control of them, as opposed to you know uh, offense that sort of throws people around power-based offense where you're doing power bombs and choke slams and stuff like that which you know when your body's hitting that mat it's probably not feeling very good yeah as opposed to me you know chopping you right here or giving you a forearm right here yeah which yeah that's that sucks but you're not doing any long-term damage and you're not really you know, does it hurt? Probably. You know, are you going to wake up the next morning hurting? Well, yeah, but probably not as bad as like a power bomb or a choke slam. So I don't know. I, it kind of depends on on strong style. Like, yeah, with their schedule, would they wrestle the kind of matches that you see in New Japan? I hope yeah. not. Yeah, they could do that. <laughs> you don't want to get injured. people get hurt all but the time. But then if you look at the, if you look at a lot of the injuries that have gone out, what, what what did Samoa Joe have when knee. he was gone? A lot of knee injuries. A lot of like you know, a lot of knee injuries. Um, I'm not sure if the injuries that have happened have been a result of a stronger style.
2: No, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that's the case that it is. But I'm saying the injuries that have come about. It just feels like there's a lot more, especially knee injuries. Yeah, but maybe we're just more in tune with the product, and and and, and maybe their WWE is just actually uh like giving those people time off.
1: Yeah, no, that could <laughs> be hurt. Everybody should just wrestle like Baron Corbin. Can we just agree to that, please? All right. Okay, good. Uh, Next up, we've got, oh, my favorite Matt Chat name, TNA for Life. Larson, hold on a second before I run this. TNA, Cruise of Jericho, a partnership for the ages again. I have to say, I told you so. No, you said
2: you weren't about the possibility of Jericho actually going to impact. Not that this would...
1: is—if st- you don't think this is stepping the toe in the water,
2: Chris should... Jericho's helping a friend out. That's all it is. <laughs> What friend is he helping out? Don Callis.
1: Oh, he'll help him big time by showing up on Impact. Let's run
2: this question from TNA for Life. Yes, yes. Here's from TNA for Life.
3: What's up, friendos? It is TNA for Life here for another Matt Chat question. And Steven Larson, I want to know if you could pick one person in the whole WWE, 205 Live, NXT, the whole WWE umbrella to win the Money in the Bank men's match, who would it be? You know, it doesn't have to be someone in the match right now. It could be literally anyone in the WWE. For me, if I could pick, it would even be Kevin Owens or Pete Dunne. I feel like those two guys would just, you know, they're the perfect like opportunistic heels to hold that briefcase. I want to know who would you love to see hold that briefcase and have a nice run with it. Thank you very much. Too sweet. Hearty handshake. Peace out.
2: Thank you, TNA for life. Thank you, TNA for life. Oh, Oh, I got to go first, don't I? Uh, No. Yeah, you went first first. last time. I go first this time. Oh, yeah, okay. Fair enough. We did it backwards, the first question. Fair enough. um, I still like my booking scenario I pitched a long time ago of of Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura, being in the Money in the Bank match um, uh, rather than facing AJ Styles for the WWE title. Instead, say, have Samoa Joe facing AJ Styles. Um, Nakamura wins Money in the Bank um, during or after, probably during, the main event, AJ versus Joe, low blow, cash in, Kinshasa pins him, pins AJ Styles in the middle of the ring. Yeah, I thought that'd be a great way to continue the feud. Yeah, I thought it'd be a great way to get heat on Nakamura as a heel. I thought mm-hmm. it'd be a great way just to build the story up. They've been doing a pretty good job. The contract signing. Oh yeah, I think segment this last yeah. week was really fun. Yeah, I just thought this what added an extra dimension to the storyline it would have fit in with nakamura's current character um uh, I, I just thought that would have been fantastic yeah i think that'd be really good i like that
1: answer um i'm gonna go however with the real rock and roll of finn Balor. i think uh finn kind of needs something i don't think he's gonna win um i would no, love to made
2: a big moment on raw
1: yeah i would love to see that happen i don't think it is um I do still think that Vince could wake up and say, I want
2: to change it to Finn. I feel like it's more likely he'll do that with Joe at this point.
1: I feel like Finn needs something that resembles a, a title, a win, a real win. Um, even with Seth Rollins, I feel like their latest uh, sort of sort of pseudo feud um, really sort of did a lot more for Seth than Finn. Mm-hmm. Finn had sort of a sneaky win, and then Seth picked up a couple of victories on him. Um So I I think Finn kind of needs that thing. It would open the door perhaps for him uh, to either go tweener or full heel. Um, Yeah, I I really would have loved to have seen. I I would really like to see Finn pick that up. I think the crowd would would really love it, and it would give him something that he he just needs that. And on top of that, I think it'd be great if he said, hey, you know what? Guess who's going to be in the main event at WrestleMania? I don't care who has the title next year but I'm going to be the challenger. And then there you go. You know, then yeah. you can set that up. Yeah. So, uh, I, I like that. I always like that. Scenario. I wish they would do that at some point. Some oh, I know sake.
2: me too. And I'm hoping if uh, a face wins money in the bank, um, in either of the matches this year, that, uh, uh that, that, that person does that. Cause I think our
1: faces above, I wonder the opportunistic if, if, cash if, if, if f- we're at the point where faces are not, above. it takes
2: the right face though. Like yeah, if Braun right. were to do it, yeah. it would make all the sense <laughs> in the world. It would make all the sense yeah. to, for Braun to do it. Like if if yeah if he's gonna cash in on Lesnar. If he if he say the main event of SummerSlam is Seth versus uh, Lesnar, and Braun about halfway through just cashes in, power slam to Brock, he wins. Crowd would pop huge. Yeah, you're probably right. That's about fine that. for Brock, but like say if Bob Roode did it. The pro okay,
1: so here's without the thing.
2: without like a heel turn attached to it, it'd seem weird.
1: Yeah, it would.
2: Or Finn, for that matter. Though Finn could, I think Finn could probably pull it off.
1: I'll put it this way. If it's in the middle of a monster match, and it was a Bob Roode or a Finn. See, if the problem with Braun doing it during a Seth versus Brock match is that we're going to want Seth to win that. Braun will kind of spoil that. I'm not huge on that. If Braun did it during a Roman uh, Brock match, yeah, yeah, yeah. the way Seth did it, people would pop huge because yes. you're getting out of the worst case scenario. Yeah, the, the, Either of those guys yeah, winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it can happen. Uh, Next up, we've got Broken Steve. Let's see what he has to say. Another Money in the Bank question.
3: Hey, friendos, Broken Steve here, back with another Matt Chat question. My question for you this week has to do with Money in the Bank. What would be a better scenario? The Miz winning and going the entire summer fighting Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship or Braun Strowman winning it and going the entire summer walking on random people's farmlands trying to find Brock Lesnar? All right. Thanks, guys. Thank
1: you, Broken Steve. That Thank question you, was Steve.
3: wonderful. Wonderful. You yeah. go
1: first this time. That was the laziest. Wonderful. I didn't have I coffee before you started. Usually, oh, doing. I'm sorry. Should we have done that? No, it's fine.
2: Okay. I'll power through.
1: Uh, I was actually gonna go with Miz. I was on the fence between on that last answer between Finn and Miz. I think it would be a fantastic number one. Here, there's like there's so many different ways you can go with this. Miz winning Money in the Bank, I think, would be fantastic because you set up so many potential opportunities there. What if the Miz cashed in on AJ or Shinsuke at the end of their match? You get that going on. And then you have the possibility of Miz Samoa Joe, Miz AJ Styles, Miz Shinsuke Nakamura, Miz, uh, uh, who's the one? Oh, Daniel Bryan. Obviously, Daniel Bryan. The more intriguing, even even maybe, even past Daniel Bryan, even though I think that's super intriguing, The Miz cashing in on John Cena, revolving around John Cena's 17th world title victory, that I think would be a lot of fun if they did that at WrestleMania um, or if they set that match up at WrestleMania. What if Miz, for once, didn't do the opportunistic cash-in, said John Cena... I'm going to be the guy who stops you from winning that 17th title. Whatever John Cena match is set up for like a world title, I don't know who it would be. Miz inserts himself before the fact as a triple threat with the sole aim of preventing John Cena from getting that. And he succeeds, and then it sets up a John Cena versus Miz thing. I think that could be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of things you can do. The Miz can be can be put, you've called him the glue before of the WWE he can be placed into so many different situations regardless if the other person is a healer face. It can work with the Miz. I think because of that versatility, the Miz holding that briefcase is a, a, a good idea.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a good answer. I'm going to say Braun, though. Um, in my mind, the idea of Braun carrying around that briefcase, uh, like Brock doesn't get anxious. doesn't seem like but the concept of Braun cashing in at any moment, mm-hmm. I feel like would would maybe be enough to give Brock some anxiety. Okay, that'd be fun. That's something different we haven't seen. I think it would be fun because I think Braun would really enjoy that. Yeah, that could be fun. Um, we finally get to see Braun uh, get his win from Brock after that kind of lame match at No Mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, just all in all, I feel like Braun. He's the next guy. He will probably be the next face of the company. Him or Seth, it's a toss up. And this is a win win. It's a, a win win. Um, for WB, regardless which way they go, um, Braun is is immensely over.
1: Is Roman, are, are we past the point of Roman being in the conversation for no, the face of the company? I, 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 he's I, lurking in the background. Yeah, he? he's
2: behind Seth. You <laughs> right, know yeah. that gif of Seth going <laughs> from behind Roman instead of Roman is doing this. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's what it is. That's good. No, I mean, as long as, as Roman is employed by WB. <laughs> As long as he has a heartbeat, Vince will say, he's still my guy. Yeah, you're probably right about that.
1: Uh, Next up, uh, Mr. Dope is is really curious about a certain constable in the WWE. Let's see what he has to say.
4: Hey,
3: friendos, it's Mr. Dope here. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck they're doing with Baron Corbin.
2: It seems like they're wasting him to me. What do you guys think? Thank you. Thank you, Mr.
1: Dope. Thank you, Mr. Dope. Man, what? I
2: wish we had an answer for this question. What the f are
1: they doing with Baron Corbin? They're making him uh, well, a, pe- a peace officer. Let's let's
2: let's let's, an let's, advocate. let's do a quick recap of his time on Raw since proxy. the Star shakeup. So he quickly was put. Oh, hold on, but before pre-shakeup, not to interrupt you. Pre-shakeup, we had
1: heard in the rumor mill, and obviously was a load of BS that they wanted big things
2: for
4: him. They well, were going to push him.
2: Well, I mean, he he's got an official title within the WWE now. <laughs> That's a pretty huge development, yes. Okay, so you're. Of course, it was preceded by a, a, a somewhat of a feud against No Way Jose.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. I, I still go back to him and Jinder showing up on Raw in the same time, Superstar state superstar Shakeup. I thought, I thought a million different ways that the roles would be completely reversed. Number one, I would love to see a Constable Jinder. I think oh, that would be great. Yeah. That would have been hilarious. Gerd go talk to those girls and tell them that they lost. <laughs> Anyways, that could have been a lot of fun. But we have Baron Corbin the Constable. Constable Corbin. I thought their roles would have been switched. Gender has a high profile match with Roman Reigns, which is going to lose. Oh yeah. Um well, unless unless hey, unless you know, that's one thing we forgot to mention during our Raw review is Roman keeps on going back to what has Gender Mahal done. Yeah, what the heck? I'm like, he was just United States champion and before that he was WWE champion. Yeah, man. What have you done? I know. Anyways, um getting back to Baron Corbin, I don't know. I don't know if if it's a matter of they want to be high on him and he just keeps on uh, peeing in somebody's duffel bag. I don't know. I don't know if they're if if, if who's put off by him. Um I honestly don't, you know how we've talked about, we talked about this on count out yesterday, how Alberto Del Rio in person seems to be a very charming individual. It just doesn't really come across on TV in our own experience anyways. And I'm like, I wonder speculation if that's why he's always been able to succeed because in person, when you're there with the guy making the decisions, it's like, yeah, he want, very charming. Yeah, big things for this guy. Yeah. I wonder if Corbin's the opposite. Like, well, not the opposite, but the inverse. Like, he doesn't really have much charisma on TV or charming on TV. But also backstage, he's, like, just even yeah, less but, than Yeah, but that.
2: like all the other boxes, he checks. Yeah, right, yeah. Like like he's, he's tall. Big, he's relatively athletic. Decent wrestler. Decent wrestler. He's getting better on the mic, but yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. He's got a great look
1: to him. I yeah. like his look. Yeah. Um So, I don't know. I honestly don't. I I think he just... I don't know. Here's another thing, too. The creative on
2: Raw has not been that great.
1: No, it hasn't. It has not. But then, if you look back... Well, yeah. It it is weird. Something happened at that shakeup. Something happened on SmackDown? No, I think it is. I
2: think Mixed Match Challenge ended. And so, whatever... Whatever
1: dude was doing... If it's Ryan Ward, that's the name I heard.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't know who he is. Yeah, he was a head writer on SmackDown. And he was in charge of the Mixed Match Challenge. So maybe now all his intentions back on SmackDown. Maybe...
1: I don't know. I don't know who's doing I, I,
2: I, I don't even know if it's as much as Maybe it's as Vince. That. Maybe Vince th- just likes th- SmackDown. I honestly think it was just a situation where they had that god-awful Shane storyline shoehorned to dominate SmackDown for four, five, six months. Now that's gone, mm-hmm. all the stories now have plenty of time to develop.
1: Yeah, but, dude, even the women's division on SmackDown was trash. Like, the writing was just bad. Yeah, I know. You know? So, I don't know. I, I honestly think that there was some sort of shift in creative. Or, hey, I don't know, maybe maybe somebody just found a spark. Sometimes you just don't have it yeah, and you do have yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. So that's the Charlotte Or Maybe they may, whoever's writing it, maybe Road Dog, didn't have it, and now he's writing his story
2: via Charlotte's... Here, here's what it is. This is what it is. Here's, crisis of confidence. Road Dog, he had to spend so much creative energy figuring out all the moving pieces in that Shane Daniel Bryan storyline and keeping track of Vince's whims week to week in terms of who is going to be a face and who is going to be a heel. That, that he, that's all he had the mental energy for. Could be. He couldn't concentrate on anything else. Yeah. Now that that's out of the way, mm-hmm. he is free to explore all these other storylines. It could be. What if he's like freaking Orson Welles, man? Could be. He's, he's
1: giving us the Citizen Kane of wrestling right now. Could be. Could be. Could be. Citizen Kane. All right, next up. Next from B.O. B.O. <laughs> B- <laughs> all right.
3: Hey, friendos. Um, B.O. here. I have to work on that. Uh, first-time questioner. I guess questioner is the right word. Long-time viewer. Anyways, cut to the chase. Um, I want to talk to you guys, or ask you this question here, about... <sighs> Lars Sullivan needs to win the NXT title. That's plain and simple. NXT needs a fucking monster heel fucking champion at this moment, because he's the biggest fucking cartoon in the room, and after he fucking caught fucking Aleister Black's foot, like it's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, it... <sighs> Anyways, um, yeah, so your opinion. I mean, does Lars Sullivan need to be NXT champ? And if Lars Sullivan isn't the one who beats Alistair Black, he's got to be beaten by SummerSlam time. So wherever they're Brooklyn, four, whatever. Yeah, he's going to lose by that point. But who do you think would beat Alistair Black in Brooklyn? All right. Thanks. Oh, go Bills.
1: <laughs> Thank you, B.O. Although, you, given B. O. his own response to his intro... I'm not sure if that's gonna stay his I name. A, I have a feeling that's not gonna stick around. He might he might be in the middle of a of a repackage.
2: Yes, if you will. Anyways, yes.
1: uh, who needs to beat Alistair Black? Larson, you go first. Well, here let's talk
2: there's two separate questions here. First, does Lars Sullivan need to be NXT no, champion? No. no, no.
1: He's a monster. If no. you're a monster, that's a title into itself.
2: Yeah, so what I kind of expect to happen, he'll lose to Alistair Black, so mm-hmm. I have a feeling they want Alistair Black to kind of be the next uh, Finn Balor mm-hmm. of NXT, the guy they're gonna build around for the next year or so. Yeah, yeah. In which case, he beats Lars Sullivan, um, and then Lars can get brought up to Maine like after SummerSlam or something like that. There's not, if he's not going to win the NXT title, there's not much else for him to do. He's been firmly established as the monster in NXT. You can bring him up to Maine and have him fill that same role, say, over on SmackDown. Since we already have Braun over on Raw mm-hmm. pl- filling that role. So, to answer the second part of his which, question.
1: Which should... How gr- I don't know
2: which what the next Survivor Series would be. Oh, Braun versus yeah.
1: Lars Sullivan at Survivor Series. That'd be great. That that's what you need to be. That's what Survivor Series needs to be. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Um, so who beats Alistair Black? Um, uh, I think it's going to be Ricochet. I think Ricochet's going to take the NXT title off him um, from the get go. Ricochet said his aim is the NXT title, um, and I think it, it would be a, a bummer if his NXT career. Um, ended without him winning that belt. Um, it's going to be a little bit, because I feel like, as I said, Aleister Black's, Black's going to have that belt for a long time. Um, so it might be next uh, WrestleMania weekend, TakeOver should be TakeOver in New York, Brooklyn, probably. Um, so that would be my guess. So next April, Ricochet, NXT champion, beating Alistair Black in a seven-star match.
1: I think uh, your scenario might be more likely than mine. However, I would much rather... Um, Alistair Black have to reface D-R-E-A-M, Dream. I want Velveteen Dream to take that title off of Alistair Black. We saw their feud last year, which was absolutely stellar, very simple, very effective, fantastic match. The Velveteen Dream is only getting bigger and bigger. He's probably going to lose this match against Ricochet, but I don't really think Velveteen Dream is one of those guys who losses I don't really feel hurts him that much. However, he does need to come out on top for one of these high-profile feuds. Um, and I feel like maybe if he gets wins like he does against guys like Cassius Ohno, eats uh, only losses to guys that absolutely need to go over, like Ricochet, but then comes back around, wins some big number one contender match uh, to, to have a rematch against Alistair Black. Won't hurt Alistair Black much because he had already uh, beat Velveteen Dream. Before he goes to main roster, he'll get to put Velveteen Dream over to win the NXT championship. I think that would be very special. I think Velveteen Dream is very, very special. Yeah. I kinda wonder if he's gonna be I mean, we've heard rumors that, that they want him for main sooner than later. I hope that's not the case mm-hmm. because I I'm not optimistic in terms of, of how Creative's gonna handle him on the main roster that being said Patrick Clark is so immensely talented oh yeah I also kind of feel like he'd be able to roll with the punches he's to me you know like we we look at Cody Rhodes as a guy who whatever the WWE gave him he was able to work you know with and and excel in yeah I feel like Patrick Clark might be the same guy it's funny how many different people from the the wrestling world are looking at Velveteen dream like John Cena just the other day I know pointed out how much how impressed he was with him I'm pretty sure Triple H said something pretty glowing about him I think HBK said something glowing about him he's a special individual and I would love to see the one guy who could take down Alistair Black finally would be the guy that he simply wanted Alistair Black to say his name now he's at the point where he can take his title like six months a year from now or yeah whatever. yeah I think that'd be absolutely
2: special both awesome answers Yes. Uh, next, we got a question from Minnesota Joe. Let's Ooh, see what Minnesota Joe has yeah. to say. Hey, friendos. It's your
3: undisputed goateed champion of the entire friendoverse, Minnesota Joe, with another Matt Chat question, probably my own, my most ambitious one yet. Okay, so Steven Larson, I could tell you guys probably don't want to end up wrestling someday, which, all right, I get it. You guys are probably more guys of comfort. You know, you probably don't want to take bumps and stuff. But imagine you get sent to a dimension where WWE, New Japan, all the wrestling companies come together, and they're all best buds. You know, Matt Riddle's handing out joints to everybody. They're all friendly. And uh, every they all say to you, Steve Larson, we want you on our card for WrestleMania, Kingdom of Honor, whatever the hell the show's going to be called. And you each get one singles match of any opponent who is alive today. Any wrestler who's still living, you get to uh, face. And then you get to face any tag team together for the main event. Choose wisely. Let's see what you guys come up with. Thanks, friendos.
1: Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Thank you, Minnesota Joe. Wow, so it's wrestle, WrestleMania Kingdom of Honor. Yeah. Whatever he called it. I think that's a fantastic name for a pay-per-view. Um, who would you want your opponent to be? Oh, it's easy. Kota Bushi. He, here's the thing, dude. You need somebody who can wrestle a blow-up doll. To a five star match because I'm terrible. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's maybe given that he was able to wrestle a blow up doll to a pretty darn good match. I think my odds are pretty good that he'd be able to bring me to at least like a three and a half star match. I go with Kota Ibushi.
2: All right. well, uh, I'm gonna say for kind of the same reasons, although he never wrestled a blow up doll, as far as I know. far as I know, Kazuchika Okada, oh, he man. seems to be able to get a good match out of anybody. True, and I'm gonna need all the help I can get. Yeah. Well,
1: here, here Okay, here's the thing, though, man. You want to be careful. We haven't seen my other my my other answer is gonna be AJ Styles mm, mm-hmm. because he's a guy who's been able. We've seen him take lesser opponents, like severely lesser opponents. Yeah, and bring him up to good matches. And yes. bring them up to good matches. With Okada, in our own personal uh, experience, we've only seen him against top-tier quality opponents. We don't know what he could do against a blow-up doll. We don't know what he could do about a couple of 40-year-old suburban dads.
2: I'm guessing we, Okada can work wonders. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I'm just saying confidence in Kazuchika Okada. Now the second part of this question is a tag team that we will take on collectively since I'm taking on Okada. Yeah, I need uh, uh, something a little easier for my tag match. Okay. So I want us to face Yano and somebody else.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: But Ishii is kind of a hard hitting guy. Yeah. So I don't want, I don't want, I don't want Yano and Ishii. I need something a little easier. Can I just throw this
1: out there really quick? All right. Can we get we, Yano and Taguchi to team up? Well, wait. This is across the wrestling world, yeah. right? How fun would a New Day match be?
2: Oh, no. Undisputed era.
1: <laughs> there we go. That's it.
2: Undisputed era. I love it.
1: Here's the thing. It'd be, but it would be a six-man.
2: Yeah. It'd be... You, me, Luchando. Exactly. Against Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, yeah. and Roderick Strong. Oh, there you go. That's it. That's, That's it. what you do. That's what you do. That's perfect. Heck. <laughs> a new day in there too.
1: Can we can we can we book that uh as a as a pay-per-view special event?
2: Yeah. What are we what do you call it?
1: WrestleMania King Wrestle Kingdom Mania Kingdom
2: Mania of Honor
1: something like that? Of Honor? And then just book like ridiculous matches like yeah, that. Yeah, that's great. I think that's a good idea. Larson versus Okada, Steve, Steve versus, versus Kota Ibushi. But I'm going to be dressed up like a blow-up doll. There we go. <laughs> uh, next up from Adam Nuttall, aka Steve Zodiac Killer. This is a terrifying video question. Yeah, it is. Let's take a look. Hello, Steven Larson, and this is another match-up question from Steve Zodiac Killer. Um, Now, lesson here is always have your weapons hidden in plain sight so you know where they are just in case. Um, But the actual match-up
4: question is, with you doing your own um, wrestling match, would you rather be commentators or managers? Uh, Thank you, and I'll see you next time. That was terrifying.
1: It was something else. Oh, man. He's going to – Wow. Goodness. Anyway, get uh, that guy in the no-fly list, so we 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 keep that Atlantic Ocean separating
2: us. All right. Oh man, well, I get to go first, right? I'm going to be a manager. Okay, tell me why. I don't like talking that much. Commentators have talked for the whole show. That's a lot of talking.
1: It's literally what you do if you're. What are we did? What are we going to do with the Colonial on July seventh, dude? Are we going to? Are we going to commentate? Are we going to like record our own thing? We're just going to sit there.
2: I don't know. We have to discuss all that.
1: Yeah, we have to figure all that out. Yeah, we're not going to manage. I don't know. Here's the thing about managing. Sometimes managers have to take bumps.
2: Yeah, but I'm not going to take a bump. It. This is just like you know, ideal. Yeah, sure. If I had a choice between managing, well, Paul Heyman doesn't really take bumps anymore. That's true. I'm going to be a manager. Okay. You get to walk around, walk down the ring with your with your client. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if they're champion and hold that belt. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be awesome. You, so you just want the rub? Oh, that yeah. You want the and champions I don't talk rub. as much as commentators. They have to talk for the entire show, two three hours. Yeah. I mean, here we talk for an hour. Uh, and then we take a break. Yeah. They get no breaks.
1: We get a break in complete
2: silence. Yeah. We don't talk at all. Yeah. When we're not, I mean, period. Yeah. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Um, so I want to be a manager. Mm-hmm. I'm out there for either a promo, so that's five minutes, or or a match, 12 to 15. Yeah. My night's done. So you
1: wouldn't be, so you just want to be a manager kayfabe. You wouldn't want to be like a Paul Ellering type. Oh, I could if if that's like booking flights, the client,
2: uh, you know, one of that, that level of service, then yes. Yeah.
1: But then your price would go up. Of course. Obviously. It's more work. Absolutely. No, I think I'm with you. Although, you know, as Minnesota Joe pointed out, I'm more a creature of comfort. So maybe just like a recliner and like a headset microphone. Mm -hmm. So I could just kick back and do this, you know, put my legs up.
2: See in my mind though, I was like I'll go out there as manager, do my bit, whether it be promo or or you know, uh, going out for a match. Mm-hmm. And again, after about at most twenty minutes, mm-hmm. I can go backstage, quit yeah. catering, talk to some people, talk to some people, yeah, okay. enjoy the rest of the show. All right. That's living in comfort, All Steve. Right. You know manager. What?
1: Maybe I've maybe you've convinced me I could be manager too.
2: No, only I could be manager. O- only your manager? No, you have to be commentator. Hmm, That's how yeah. the show works.
1: Who am I gonna commentate with? If you're gonna be manager. Luchando. Oh, he's the worst. Can't he just be manager? I thought you were <laughs> gonna be managing him. Um, next up, we got a question from Zach S. The legacy going in raw. Nat Shatter. <laughs> he's been doing it forever. I'm in yeah. ALR. Yeah. And Patrick Sparks. Yeah, let's see what he has to say.
2: What's good, Stephen? What's the many friendos out there? It's your official friend IWGP heavyweight champ, Zach S. My question for match at this week is. Let's say in an alternate universe, the Bullet Club never happens. How do you think independent wrestling and New Japan are? Are they still as popular? Is independent wrestling still as popular without the Bullet Club? New Japan still has, you know, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, all those wrestlers. But there is no Bullet Club, no Elite. It's independent wrestling, and New Japan still as popular as it is today. Thanks, boys. Thank you, Zach S.
1: Thank you, Zach S. Um... I'll be honest. I kind of think that I'm not sure how successful their westward expansion would be if not for Bullet Club sort of anchoring um, the English language thing. Uh, I mean, I think that you know they could probably still they probably still could have done it. I'm not sure it would have been nearly as successful or as popular without you are taking out a lot of talent.
2: Well, no, the talent would still be there. Just the bullet club branding and faction name would not be there. Kenny Omega would still be there.
1: Well, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's in that case it's really difficult to speculate. I mean, like I, what I,
2: roles they would have? Yeah, yeah, but you know, the the talent would still be there. And I think what really separates New Japan from any other promotion in the world is the level of matches you get. And yeah, I I agree without without Bullet Club kind of capturing the imagination of wrestling fans. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. They might might not be as popular, yeah. But I think as we saw with All In, there is definitely a hunger for a WWE alternative, and uh, you know New Japan is probably at the the forefront of that because they offer up a, a very different style of wrestling, um, better matches for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that would still be the case, I think, even without bull Club. So maybe not not as popular. But I think they would still be able to make inroads here in I mean, North even, America even in the Even All States.
1: In has his basis steeped in Bullet Club mythology. Oh, yeah, you know. So I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, I tend to think that it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be nearly as 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 successful as it has been. I mean, you you look at any wrestling show; it's just covered in Bullet Club shirts, you know, and it's like. Good on them for striking them all the iron It's kind of like that question we had um, a couple of weeks ago, where somebody asked, uh, would the WWF been, you know, would they have taken the lead against WCW, were it not for Austin and the Rock? I mean, granted, I, I understand that you know, it, you know, you're saying keep the talent in, but if if they had, with the Rock, for example, if he had remained Rocky Mayavia. And they kept on trying to push that, and never turned him heel. He just we wouldn't have known what that talent would have been mm-hmm. with Steve Austin if they had kept him in the ringmaster and they kept DiBiase on the mic for him and didn't let him talk. Mm-hmm. You know it, he might have fizzled out. We never know what it, he would have been even if he stayed there. I'm not sure it would have been nearly as successful. It might have been a much tougher fight against WCW. WCW and just shooting themselves in the foot to be honest with you. But uh, so I don't know. I mean, if you take if you take the Bullet Club branding out of it. Because fans wouldn't have something really to hold on to and say, "Wow, that entire thing is so cool." Yes, you'd still have the same great matches, and maybe that's all that matters. But I still think the hook right there really, you know, is 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 necessary. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. So, anyways, um, well done. Agreeing
2: Good. With yes. Me. Next up from Y to Jeremy. Let's see what Y to Jeremy has
0: to say. Down.
3: Hey, Steven Larson, Cancer Man, also known as Y2Jeremy, here for a Matt Chat question. I'm not a huge fan of the women's revolution, and it seems lately with a lot of the booking, if it doesn't have anything to do with Oscar or Charlotte or now even Nia Jax, everybody's kind of degraded back into the diva role. Do you think it's going to continue that way? I personally... Don't care too much for the diva wrestling. I respect the women's revolution. I, I I know what they do is important, and I do like a little bit of Oscar, and I really like uh, Lacey Evans. But it's not what I pay to see. I know I'm not alone in this. But anyway, what do you guys think? Too sweet? A hearty handshake, and we'll catch you later.
1: Thank you, Y two Jeremy. Thank you, Y two Jeremy. Um. Actually, I'm I'm kind of a big fan of what they're doing on SmackDown right
2: now. Yeah, me too. Like, like everything else, it's it's cyclical. There's, there's, you know, they'll put attention to certain stories and not put so much attention to other stories. I mean, for for the longest time, we were sorry, (sighs) you know, critical of what they were doing on SmackDown because it didn't really seem like they were pushing anybody. So aimless. Yeah, it was aimless. So aimless. And then over on Raw, we were getting like the whole Sasha Charlotte feud was fantastic. Yeah. Um and so right now on SmackDown we're really into it. Mm-hmm. While on Raw, like oh, this whole Nia Jax stand, Ronda yeah. Rousey thing, even before that, like the Nia Alexa Bliss thing. Oh,
1: I can't stand the Sa- like how they're misusing Sasha and uh, and Bailey. But I guess my my thing about that also is it's kind of no different really than the men's than the men's yeah. division. Yeah. So I think all in all, like they've shifted the focus from. What it used to be, which was just you know not an emphasis on, on wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's like even with the Nia Jax, Ronda Rousey stuff, you know you can poo-poo it. But last week, I, I really liked Nia Jax, even if it wasn't executed like the way it could have been, Nia Jax putting on a clinic to demonstrate that Ronda Rousey has never have a faced
2: anybody like her before. In yeah. the ring,
1: yeah. in competition, You yeah. know, using wrestling to get her point across. Mm-hmm. And so they're using the actual concept of wrestling – to get their stories through, when it's done right, yes, we've seen when it's done wrong, and it's Alexa Bliss, you know, talking crap about Nia Jax behind mm-hmm, her back, mm-hmm. and it's just cringeworthy. Yeah, Alexa Bliss and Bailey, this is your life. It's totally cringeworthy, yeah. and it's not where they should be going. And so I don't know. I, I'm I, I, I like what they're doing. I think it's no better or worse than what they're
2: giving the yes, men. Yes,
1: which is kind of the whole point of the thing.
2: Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, like, uh, in terms of the the. The varying degrees of quality across divisions, across shows. I mean, I made this point on their SmackDown recap Mm -hmm. this past week. Compare the Carmella Oscar segment on SmackDown where Carmella was going to show the true Oscar. Mm -hmm. Compare that to everything they've been doing with Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. The Lashley-Zayn stuff has been awful because it's it's not grounded in competition. Yeah. Whereas the Carmella Oscar segment was really good. Yeah. Because it was all based on competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, so. Yeah. I don't know. I. I you know. It, it's. I like it when the creative's good. I mm-hmm, don't like it when mm-hmm. the creative isn't good. And that's kind of the same thing I can say about the. That's men across as well. the board, though. Yeah. Pretty much. So.
2: Uh, our last video question before we get to three text questions comes from Patrick Sparks,
1: and it says birthday. Oh, birthday. birthday. Happy to birthday to Patrick Sparks.
4: Hey, friendos, Pat here. So, couple of things. One, pretty pumped for Mayhem versus Ryan, for the H title. That's fucking awesome. Congratulations on all that. Two, it's my birthday, so that's really cool. Three, I'm going to bring it down a minute. Uh, Over the Edge, 1999, Owen Hart. We all know what happened. I don't need to go into details. It was a sad moment, but the controversy coming out of that show, mainly besides his death, was that the show went on. Now I want you to debate why the show went on. Was it a good idea? Because there's been a big debate throughout the wrestling world since it happened, actually. So, what do you guys think? Thanks, Rendos. I'm going to go get fucking hammered. Bye. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. Thank
1: you, Patrick Sparks. And happy birthday. And you need to be safe, kid. All right? He said he's going to go out and get hammered. Yes, be safe. He's going to get drunk. Be safe. Be safe. Be responsible. Uber and Lyft are your friends. Be responsible. Tricky, tricky, tricky question, dude. I am kind. My my opinion has always been um, I was doing like a little bit of research while we were doing this. There's Mm -hmm. not a lot, you know, on the I mean, I'm sure there's plenty more on the internet. I just haven't been able to find it. It's a little amount. I don't know if there's any been. I mean, I'm sure there has been. Um, Has Vince ever said anything about his uh, decision, his state of mind at the time, the the decision making? You don't expect somebody to die. No. During a show. No. And so the decision to keep the show going while obviously controversial, I, uh, in my personal opinion, I don't think it was the wrong one to make. I think that if all of a sudden you, you said, Hey, you know, Owen Hart, cause I remember Jr. you know, saying, you know, Owen has died. Um, this isn't fake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I don't know, man. If you just stop the show cold and say, you know, to the crowd, we've been informed that Owen Hart has passed away, uh, you know, out of respect to him and the situation we're ending the show now. I, I think you just, I think, you, do you really want to You take 15,000 people and put them in that state of mind going home? You
2: know? Well, like, I think they're in a state of mind because they saw someone fall from the ceiling. No, they didn't. And the live audience did the lights were off and the
1: vast majority of people were staring at the thing. I know, I know there were, I know there were reports that, you know, some people saw something happen, but the lights were off and they were all staring at the video package. So, I mean, I, I honestly forget. I'm sure there, I don't know. Nobody had smartphones back then because they didn't, they weren't, they didn't exist. I don't know what the crowd knew and what the crowd didn't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, I would suspect that, JR told the audience or told the, the TV television audience. Television audience, yes. But if the vast majority of the people in that arena, I mean, obviously it was probably in the back of their minds. Yeah. But I'm not sure how many of those people actually would have do been aware know, that he died. Do you,
2: know, do you know if they ever announced to the live crowd? I don't think
1: they did. But I don't know. I honestly don't. Um, if they announced to the crowd that he died and then kept the show going that's a little off but it's kind of the type of thing where it's like look this jacked up thing happened but there's only a couple matches left let's just finish it out and then they'll find out when they find out it's a it's a tough decision it's a tough
2: spot to be in i know and and, and, of course in in, in hindsight you know it's probably easier to make a call one way or the other again in hindsight but you know, I mean, I, when when I, we were listening to this question, I, I was thinking, and it's not exactly related, but um, when uh, Vince announced at Bad Blood that Brian Pillman mm-hmm. um, had passed away the previous day, and you can first see how shook up he was by it, but also it also seemed like he didn't know exactly how to approach it.
1: Oh, God, yeah.
2: You know, on air. Yeah. Um, and I can only imagine that was kind of the state backstage after that incident that no one knew what was going on. Um, people were probably unsure about how to proceed.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then someone probably Vince just said, all right, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just made a, a, a decision. We'll just keep going.
1: Right, right, right.
2: Um, in hindsight, if they had said, you know, we're, Hey, given what just happened, we're going to stop the show. I would not begrudge them. Yeah. Of that decision. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been an appropriate response to what happened. I feel like. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, let's see here.
1: Uh, the fall happened during a video package, so it was never shown live. Everyone didn't have camera phones and such to record it.
2: Well, shown live, like, on the television feed, I know that. But, you, you know, like, we've been to shows where they show video packages. Sometimes the lights are down, sometimes they're not.
1: Well, I know the lights were down. Oh. I know that. Um, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying. to, Somebody posed the question here. I'm just on like a, a message yeah, yeah, yeah. here. If the live crowd was uh, aware of was aware of it, um, okay. So this person claims that they were there. I was I was 17. We were 20, 30 rows behind the announcers table. It was a weird experience. We had no idea what was going on, but obviously something had went wrong. Um, we had no idea what we were witnessing. Barely saw Owen fall. At the last second before he hit the ring post and the ropes, we noticed him in the air, but had no idea what was going on. Didn't find out he had died until I got home and saw it on the news. So it doesn't say if, if that guy is to be believed, it sounds like, like they didn't man. announce
2: anything to the arena.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so I don't know. I it, Like like we both said, you know, it's, it's so easy to play, you know, armchair quarterback or whatever. But uh, – But I don't know. I don't know how you tell people, 17,000 people, including kids. Like, that's a conversation that should go down between parents and kids. you you know, bringing kids out there. And, you you know, we've got received word that Owen Hart has passed away. We're stopping the show out of respect to him and the situation and the workers in the back, you know. Um, So, you know, bring the lights up and everybody needs to go home now. I don't know how you do that to 17,000 people, you know? That's a pretty heavy thing. You just came out and saw a dude die, basically. It's different today. It's way different today because of how information is disseminated. Back then, the crowd, you know.
2: Everybody had their phone out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, if if the crowd's sitting there back then, lights are out, people are just confused. It's easy to sort of like, okay, well, out of sight, out of mind. I'm not, I don't know that a guy just died. I don't know. You know, I would think that just letting the show continue and finish and then you figure the rest out. It's like, you know, just let the people enjoy the show. They go home. They figure out on their own time. I kind of feel like that's the appropriate way to go. I totally understand the other point of view. I totally get that. I mean, Jeff Jarrett apparently in his book or somebody's book said that he was essentially shoved out the curtain to go do his thing Mm -hmm. As Owen was wheeled past him, yeah, that's which is horrifying. That's if you I mean, were wheeled past me, yeah, I get your hands off me. I'm going to go see him. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, if you're that's in a situation, another, yeah.
2: that's another aspect. Is 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 you know, uh, from my understanding, Owen is pretty well liked backstage. Oh yeah, yeah, he was loved. And, yeah, and for you know, I don't know how many matches were left on the card, whether it be two or four or one. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tough for any performer to have to go out there oh, after. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing. What they saw happen Yeah no
1: First sh- absolutely Yeah and I can't like You know I'm not I'm not saying there is A right answer Because I don't think There is one Yeah I
2: don't think There is either
1: I mean you know the 17 or 15,000 people Whatever it is 17,000 people Or 15,000 people Or 10,000 people In the crowd Um, I I don't know I mean I, My inclination is to say Yeah let the show continue And then And and go from there As opposed to letting 10,000 people go home In, in shock silence You know I don't know. What I mean, What do you think?
2: I mean, even if they didn't see the fall itself, they saw the, the aftermath of it. They'd see a guy being attended to by a bevy of medical staff. Sure, yeah. Uh, did they? I don't know if they tried to uh, do any sort of life support or, or, or revive him while he was out there.
1: I know they did in the ring they tried. Okay, so and,
2: people would know, in that sense, the, the gravity of the situation. Mm-hmm, sure, then. yeah. So as long as—I th- I think if, if the crowd generally understood the gravity of the situation that was going on and was— could understand that what was being presented, what was in front of them, wasn't being presented to them as part of storyline, but was in fact real. Mm-hmm. That if someone had got on, first of all, if they saw what was going on, it's like, oh crap, this is bad. Mm-hmm. There's already going to be fifteen thousand people in stunned silence because they might just see someone die in front of them.
1: Yeah, but oh, but that's not what happened. Like what happened was confusion. No, I understand. I understand know.
2: that. I Maybe mean, like some people might not have been paying attention at all and just say, okay, this is strange, but. You know, if if people were paying attention, to what was going on and saw what was happening Mm -hmm. in the ring—not him falling, but him trying to be revived in the ring—I mean, there's, there's.
1: But if they didn't announce anything, no, I understand. But they just go back based on what
2: you see. It seems pretty unambiguous that someone needs life support or needs to be revived in the ring. That's bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. It's hard to enjoy a wrestling yeah. show after maybe seeing someone die
1: Yeah no I I, I get you I, I totally get you I understand and again it's it's hard to put yourself and in it's, that and situation
2: if, and if, like you know granted I wasn't there but if I was and I saw that and I understood okay they were trying to revive this guy. oh crap this is bad yeah I can't check separate that from whatever may happen afterwards like I'm gonna be here sitting in my seat oh the show is going on that seems strange why if someone maybe just died here why are they doing that? And then yeah, I'm already going to be like, know. I don't know. I can only speak for myself.
1: No, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not going to be able to
2: say, oh, okay, they're Will in the back. I hope he's fine. And then on with the show, I, I just don't also see myself, again, speaking personally, be able to separate. I mean, we saw a guy get set on fire and I wanted to leave immediately at, a, at an XPW show. Yeah. And but that it, was nowhere near as awful as maybe seeing someone fall from the ceiling and, and die in front of you. I, I guess my counter to that is this if the majority of the
1: people. Here's the thing, if you don't expect, it's so so out of the ordinary, so completely out of the ordinary to go to a show. These are wrestlers that you see, like if you're paying for a ticket, you're seeing them put their lives at risk every single week. You know what I mean? It's so out of the ordinary. If you don't quite comprehend like how bad it was, if I'll put it this way. You're sitting there, you're watching the video package, you hear a blah, 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 or whatever, whatever happens in the ring, right? Lights come up, you see. Lights come up, they start doing like life support, CPR, right? CPR, yeah. And they put him on the stretcher, they wheel him back. I would hesitate to think that your inclination would go to worst case scenario because how do you know he didn't just fall from like 10 feet up well, as opposed I'm, to the they, entire thing?
2: Because they generally don't do CPR people who'd only fall 10 feet.
1: Well, you know, I, I don't know that.
2: Unless they land their head and, and, and have no yeah, vital signs. Unless they hit
1: their head. My, my point is this. It's so unexpected for somebody to die that I, wouldn't, that I wouldn't naturally think, and on top of that, if they don't announce it, like they wheel him to the back, my natural inclination is probably to think, well, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he's okay. I hope he's okay. Not, I just saw a guy die. My natural inclination would be to go to the thing that would make more sense, which is, oh, I'm sure he's fine. You know, because you know, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't. It's not so rare. It, it, it doesn't happen, happen it, very. You know,
2: often. If I see people act, behaving in a way and acting in a way where they're trying to bring somebody back to life, mm-hmm. um, that's gonna uh, that's gonna be my mindset. Is like, oh crap, this yeah, is but, I mean, really, I, I, really, really bad. I know,
1: but I guess my point is, fifteen thousand people were there, and they were still. You know, I'm not gonna say hot, but they were still into the show. And so, if that many, I, I, I would go with the odds as opposed to. You know, if there was somebody like you sitting there thinking the entire time, oh, my God, this, this show sucks now because I think I saw a guy die. Well, there was a ton of people there who obviously didn't think that right. because they were all into the show. Right. And so I would if, if they were standing there in stunned silence and, and quiet the entire rest of the show, I totally get what you're saying. They would all have that mindset. Obviously, whatever the circumstances were, they didn't think that was the case. And so why would you then?
2: I I, I don't remember what the crowd was like after that happened, because I don't remember. It's been almost 20 years since I've seen that show. So I don't know. I don't remember what the crowd's reaction was.
1: I watched it it on the network, not the entire thing, but it was a fairly standard. It was a normal crowd after the fact. Um, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say uh, I remember detail for detail, but I'll put it this way. Given how, you know, we saw the tape of the thing and all that kind of stuff. I think we, it would have gone down in history if if the crowd wasn't if the crowd wasn't stunned silence. I think like we would know that. So I don't know. I think the crowd I think by and large, the crowd didn't know. And so I think because of that, because of that, you probably just let the show go. That's my own personal opinion. That's that's what I'm saying, because otherwise you're just, you know, you're bumming out a bunch of they bought a ticket to be entertained. And then you're going to say, hey, everybody, bring up the lights. A guy just died. Go home now. That that to me sounds like I don't know. That sounds horrible. Well, like, I mean, it's a
2: horrible situation. Yeah,
1: no, it is. It's a horrible situation. I'm just saying that's where I'm coming from. If you think that they should have stopped the show, I totally understand that.
2: That's my inclination now. I mean, I, I understand why they did what they, they they took the approach they did. Like I yeah. said, it's a, it's a snap decision someone had to make. Yeah, It's, it's not a, like they yeah. had a, you know hours to deliberate. Yeah. They had to make a decision immediately. They made a decision they made, and it is what it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a bad situation to be. Yeah. In. Anyways, we've got a couple of text questions. Now to follow that conversation up. Thomas Fox, with the fast approaching money in the bank, I've been thinking about big gimmick matches. Personally, I feel big gimmick matches such as Hell in a Cell, TLC, and Elimination Chambers shouldn't have their own pay-per-views because it takes away from the special feel they once had. My question is, should Money in the Bank continue to have its own show or should it go back to being a WrestleMania staple? Go ahead.
2: No, because I mean, if you're having a yearly Money in the Bank match at WrestleMania, mm-hmm. um, Money in the Bank has developed in such a major thing yeah, man. that to toss that into WrestleMania, it's a lot. Mm-hmm, sure. When it could, st- it could easily, as a gimmick thing, stand on its own. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I think it's kind of... Hell in the Cell, yeah. Hell in the Cell should only be used for certain feuds, for certain blow-off matches for certain feuds that require it. Um, but yep. Money in the Bank, yeah. I don't think it's such a major pivot point in the calendar of This in uh, WB now. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to have its own show. Everything
1: still. else he mentioned, I agreed, shouldn't have its own pay-per-view. TLC yep. should not have its own pay-per-view. Elimination Chamber should not have its own pay-per-view. And, uh, of course, Hell in a Cell shouldn't. Money in the Bank yes. is one of the most potentially fun – it's up there kind of with the Royal rumble in terms of unpredictability. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. absolutely should have its own pay-per-view Tim Whalen. He says, big fan, new Patreon, tried to submit a video question, but it was too large of a file. Uh, Just a quick tip, put it on YouTube, just upload it to YouTube and send us a link. Yep. Yep. He says, my question is who is the next Theodore long of this generation man or woman committed for the long haul manager slash rap slash general manager I could honestly see Titus O'Neal or someone like a Kevin Owens. Good mouthpiece knows the business could flourish in that role. I'm not sure, but I mean, it's funny how like the role of referee and then manager was kind of relatively fluid back there. I mean, he's Teddy Long is one out of a few people who were refs and then other
2: things and then general managers. Yeah. I mean,
1: he might be I, mean, only, I mean, he might be the only guy who did I mean, all three. I mean, yeah, because
2: things these days seem like they're so uh, specialized. You're, If mm-hmm. you're a ref, you're a ref. You're yeah. a performer, you're a performer. If you're a manager, you're a manager. And there's not a whole lot of crossover. There's examples where there is crossover, but by and large. Um, so I'm just trying to think of someone who has the longevity of Teddy Long while also filling various roles. Mm-hmm. I'll put this out there. She's right. really young, so it might not come to fruition. She's got a lot of life ahead of her, Paige. Oh, yeah, sure. She's wrestled. She was forced to retire, it seems like. So yeah. now she's a general manager. I don't see her refereeing on a full-time basis. No. But I could see her filling many different roles. Yes. Should she stay in the wrestling industry for a long time?
1: Mm-hmm. I hope she does, too, man. I think she has a lot of wisdom to impart. Yes. Um, she, I think she's been a smashing Oh, she's been success. fantastic. She's been She's been absolutely fantastic. She kills it as general manager of SmackDown. Um, so, no, that, I think that's a great answer. That's really good. Uh, last text question from Mo, Mo Clow. Clow,
2: Master of the low blow. You could read. That.
1: Okay. That's like saying his name. Suppose John Cena never left the doctor, the doctor, the doctor of Thuganomics gimmick, which resulted in his career never taking off as it did. Who would have been WWE's face of the company during the the knots? And the better part of this decade, thanks, Frendo.
2: Well, it was it was the thugonomics angle that really got him over. Was starting to get him over.
1: So I guess he's saying
2: if he had not turned th-
1: well, when he crossed over into the PG territory, yeah, that sort of made him like mainstream crossover yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 All the kids were wearing his backpacks. Yeah. Um. If that if he didn't do that, would somebody else have done that?
2: So essentially, if John Cena wasn't the face of the company, who could have filled that role? nobody nobody not to that degree
1: yeah they probably would have tried with Orton
2: yeah maybe Edge Uh, Edge was good maybe Batista yeah but I think I still feel like Batista probably would have left
1: yeah I think so I think you're right I think if it wasn't Cena I don't think it would have been anybody yeah I think it would have been like the weird time when there's like just no true face of the company and they have like a revolving door Mm -hmm.
2: they rely on their depth rather than the strength of one character yeah as face of the company yeah
1: yeah no, I agree with that. Instead of John Cena backpacks, it would have been full roster backpacks. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Like
2: the t-shirts they have now with everybody on them.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch that. I'm gonna We're going to sign off now. Yeah. I, I'm kind of curious to see what the crowd was like after, yeah, after the fall. I don't remember.
2: I've, I've seen that show once, and that yeah. was the day, ha- day after it happened, whenever it was. Yeah. I haven't seen it again. Yeah, I mean, it would be... I mean, I can only speak, you know, how I think I would have felt about oh, it. Oh, I get your point. And, no. and, and you know, the, the, the closest I've ever thought, I wasn't even that close, was seeing Supreme set on fire. Yeah. And that was early in the show. And I'm like, I'm ready to go.
1: I do appreciate that you felt that way. The only time I've, I mean, I can't, the only time that really sticks out to me for that. See, I don't recall being, I might've felt that way. I don't recall it though. It's interesting that you do. Um, oh, I remember that vividly. <laughs> I remember, no, I remember the fire bit. I don't remember wanting to go. Um when me and big Jim went to go see a a screening of one of those old cannibal movies and it showed like animal mutilation, I was like, we're leaving now. And then he was like, yeah, we are. And we took off. Um, It would be horrific and, but interesting if something similar to happen in the age we live in now, what the crap? Because everybody would know instantly. Yeah, like that would just be a thing. As soon as as soon as it was announced, legitimately, oh, uh, on TV, yeah, on TV, it would, it would, everybody would know immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wonder at that point if they had decided to keep the, the the show going, how the crowd today knowing if everybody in the arena did know, because what you're saying makes sense. Like somebody should be able to sit there and piece it together. I just feel like it was probably a whole lot of confusion.
2: Oh, it's probably. That's probably what it was. People were paying probably varying degrees of attention to what was going on. I understand all that. Yeah.
1: And so that's why it wouldn't surprise me if they just didn't think about it, didn't know. Um,
2: Well, yeah. Yeah. People in attendance. Yeah. That could be. That's entirely possible. Like I said, I can only speak for myself.
1: I'm kind of assuming that's the case. Um, It would probably always be. I mean, I'm the kind of, I'm the type who, if I don't know that it's like the worst thing possible, I can probably put it out of my mind enough. To be like, okay, let's finish out this show. And then, man, I hope that he's okay. I'll check it when I get home. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's fascinating, though. But, uh, and yeah, like I said, tough situation to be in for them. Anyways, that's it for the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home,